Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner. Cody, how you doing this fine Monday evening? James, it's Monday, a uh, nice relaxing weekend back in Texas, unfortunately. Didn't get to go travel anywhere this weekend. We'll see what happens next weekend. Uh, with that being said, uh, it was a good time. James, how are you doing on this fine Monday evening? Doing good, man. Doing good. Nice, relaxing weekend. Uh, and yeah, yeah, work was, wasn't too bad today. So we'll take no. it. It's a win. Absolutely. You had a, who, what, what route did you go on today? Uh, I was on Bob's Monday. So I was in Cleveland. Ooh, nasty, nasty Cleveland. Uh, we'll get to Cleveland <laughs> another week. This week, we are going to go over, obviously, the Steelers news, uh, the updates, roster moves, all that stuff, the schedule release, a big one as well. And then we're going to get into the Baltimore Ravens draft this week and talk about who they picked up in this year's draft. If they, we think they will be a threat or if they think, if we think they will just be a, another rat bird going down the toilet bowl. So we'll, we'll discuss that here shortly. So James, we're going to start it off real quick with Steelers releasing Arthur Mallette cornerback. Who's been on the team for, I want to say three years now, uh, maybe more. Mm, two years three I don't years know. i feel like it might only be two years yeah it's somewhere in there three years ago we still had mike kelton i think um but True. regardless arthur mallette was a pretty solid player as far as his uh against the run performance uh and getting after the quarterback he was good at getting pressure uh kind of not that great covering receivers which is really the primary job of a cornerback shocking uh n- yeah nickel corner you do need to have some ability as far as uh, stopping the run, too. So uh, we'll see what Pittsburgh decides to do with that. Omar Khan indicated his uh, confidence in both the newly signed Chandon Sullivan uh, and Duke Dawson, former second-round pick uh, only from about three years ago, who's also on the roster. Uh, But before we get too far into today's show, I do want to give a shout-out. We had another new five-star review, Uh, this one coming from the handle Gabacho70. Uh, I said, I really like this guy's podcast. Uh, they were pretty on point with the draft picks. Go Steelers. Much love from Cali. Uh, so now we've got a name with some of our California downloads. Uh, you guys are always in the top five as far as our most downloaded states. Uh, there's always big rumors that there's a lot of Steelers fans in California and you guys are living proof. Uh, so really appreciate the five-star review uh, and appreciate you guys listening as well. Absolutely. Uh, now going back to the cornerback discussion, we did sign rookie cornerback Corey Trice. Uh, he did sign his rookie deal, so we have that guy under contract. We also had three other rookie deals signed with Spencer Anderson, Nick Herbig, the brother of uh, the other Herbig on the team. Now I forgot his name, and I said it last Nasty week. Nate. Nate and Nick Herbig. And then Darnell Washington, the big tight end, uh, also signed their rookie deal. So those guys are all set in stone, ready to start practice as soon as uh, – OTAs and training camp come around. So ready yep, for that. Pretty common that the guys start signing their deals when they come in for the rookie mini camp. So uh, we'll see how long it takes for the final three to sign. Uh, it might be tricky with Joey Porter Jr. being that he was the number 32 pick, but he's technically a second round pick. So I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that'll affect it. I think so. I think how the NFL handled that because the and it's there, there's certain parameters in place for those like positions. I think they just scrapped that 30-second pick like it didn't exist, and that was technically treated as the 33rd financially in second round, first round, whatever. Yeah. I think it's still treated yeah. the same way. Yeah. So, thanks, Mi- thanks, Miami. Be, I think. Thanks, Miami. Yeah. 
Uh, so we'll that. see how that all goes. Probably Keanu Benton signs next, and then we'll see about the other two. But I wouldn't stress about it unless something happens where it drags on for a couple months before they sign. But typically, not the case. Uh, so before we get too far into any of the other news, finally we have the schedule release for the upcoming season. Uh, and Pittsburgh finally gets a home opener week one for the first time in eight years yeah been a wild week one sun sunday september 10th a 12 o'clock one o'clock game excuse me i'd say 12 o'clock now because i'm in texas um but a one o'clock game home against the san francisco 49ers uh how their quarterback situation is going to be it's going to be our first time going up against christian mccaffrey in a while now that he's on the team uh gonna be a fun game i'm i'm worried and it's i think it's gonna be a great test to start the season um, obviously we don't have the preseason schedule yet, but I think it'll be a great, no, we do. I lied. Uh, at least we have one game against the Buffalo bills that I can see right here. Um, yeah. but, but it's going to be a test about how we can handle a, a massive, you know, uh, top two tight end in the league with George Kittle. Uh, so, you know, it, it's the road to the Super Bowl for Pittsburgh goes through Kansas city. Can we handle George Kittle? Are we going to be able to handle, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey, if we ever get to that point in the playoffs? Yeah, very important to see. Uh, so that is a good measuring stick. Also, this is a great measuring stick uh, for the rookie. If Broderick Jones starts week one, uh, he'll have Nick Bosa right out of the gate. Uh, but what I'm most excited to see there is Nick Bosa trying to take the edge on Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington planting him on his butt because you know it's going to happen, man. Yep. <laughs> Darnell's going to plant him at least once in that game, and I can't wait to see it happen. Uh, but exciting, tough matchup week one again. You know, after the last two seasons, we had the Bengals and the Bills in week one and upset both of them yep. after being uh, heavy underdogs. It'd be interesting to see where the line shows up on this. Is Pittsburgh the underdog? Is Pittsburgh the favorite? Is it a, a push? Who knows? But uh, on paper, the Niners were the better team last year. Pittsburgh's made a lot of moves to improve their team from last season. So uh, I think they got a chance. Yes, uh, but week have. two. Gets into that rivalry with the Cleveland Browns, getting it started week two. Uh, not uncommon. We play the Browns pretty early in the season. Every time. Most years, I think. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it is a first primetime game at a four on the year. It is a Monday night game on ABC. It's an 8-15 kickoff. Uh, so that'll be a good first division game there. Deshaun Watson having his first full offseason with the Browns. We're going to see what he can do. Uh, Cleveland also, uh, I think they got some weapons in the draft. Again, we'll get to them in a couple weeks. Uh, potentially next week or the Bengals. We'll see how that goes. Las Vegas week three at Las Vegas on a Sunday night primetime game. So two primetimes in a row, short week going into Vegas. Uh, remember, players, we're here for football, not here for poker or any of the other crazy things that you can do in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't place any bets while you're there, please. Please don't. <laughs> please don't. But that'll be a good game as well. Vegas, uh, you know, I don't even know who their quarterback's going to be now. That Derek Carr is not in the building. I can't remember who. Isn't it Jimmy in. G there now? It is Jimmy G. You are correct. Yeah. So uh, Jimmy yeah, Garoppolo. So... Not scared. <laughs> so, <laughs> not at all. No, G Jimmy's one of those middle of the road quarterbacks. So unless he he pulls a an elite performance out of his behind, I wouldn't worry about him too much. Uh, now, if there's a modeling contest while they're in town, then we might be. He could probably cause... win. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. He is that dude, but otherwise, not so worried about him. <laughs> uh, week four, we get the Houston Texans in Houston. Texans. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I, I like that. So, uh. who knows? Maybe I'll go to that game. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll just. Yeah. How, how far is Houston from you? It's like a three and a half hour drive. 
That's eh, not too bad. No, nah, it's not bad. It's it's roughly from like Princeton, West Virginia to uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. That's roughly about the same distance. So, uh, anyways, the in Houston isn't that great. You might be able to get the the tickets kind of cheap, buddy. T- uh, well, tickets right here say as low as one hundred seven dollars compared to the tickets at yeah. Vegas four hundred and five. So that's a yeah, decent, yeah. decent difference. Cheaper. Uh, yeah. and then follow <laughs> the following week, Sunday, October 8th, we do play Baltimore home at, uh, in Pittsburgh at another one o'clock kickoff. And then we enter our bye week but again, this will be, I actually like this bye week placement. Um, I, I wish it was a little bit more towards the middle of the season, but quite frankly, I feel that Pittsburgh's always had kind of late bye weeks and you typically see a rough start up and down. And then after the bye week, they typically get it rolling really well. We saw that last year, like crazy. They won like seven of their last eight games. Uh, so I think this bye week after a division rival, a good team in Baltimore, uh, is going to really help us. Because then we go on a little bit of a, a push after that, James. It gets pretty intense there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm actually a huge fan of the placement of this bye week. Uh, typically, I'm like you. I like it to be as close to the middle of the season as possible, which is exactly where we got it last year. Yep. Eight games before nine after, right smack in the middle of the season. Um, I think this is advantageous for Pittsburgh. Because this gives you an opportunity. I mean, a few of these teams are kind of tough here. Uh, the Ravens always play the Steelers tough. Uh, the Browns do have some weapons offensively, and then the Niners won't be an easy matchup either, I'm sure. Um, this gives you an opportunity to try to make some adjustments and maybe even trade if there's some glaring holes. Like if your nickel corner is getting smoked every week and you just don't have an answer on the roster, yep. this gives you an opportunity to try to trade for somebody early in the year. Uh, and we saw what Pittsburgh's coaching staff was able to do last year. They scored about seven points a game more in the second half than they did in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went from 99 yards a game rushing to 150 yards a game rushing. Everything went through the roof. Kenny Pickett's mistakes went through the basement. I had hardly any at all in the second half of the season. Uh, so I like the current coaching staff's ability to make adjustments over a bye week. It was incredible last year what they did with them. Uh, going 7-2 and two after the bye was very, very good. You have to almost feel like if the bye would have come a couple weeks earlier, they might have made the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy about it being that early. And then we get the Rams. And I don't even know who's left on the Rams because it's just like a big I mean, Aaron Donald. Going on. You still got Aaron yeah. Donald. Uh, which and, is... and, and, but Stafford's injured, right? Sta- he, he's questionable I don't think he's sure. going to be good to go. At that point, you know, week seven in the in the year, I'm not sure what he'll have done if he had surgery, if he's going to have rehab. Um, I'm not sure what's going to go on with Stafford. But again, Stafford hasn't performed well recently. Uh, for a while, it looked like the Rams won that trade with Detroit, but then Jared Goff came out of nowhere last year and blew up the stat line and started leading these teams to victory. So I don't know what's going on with the Rams. Uh, all I know is Aaron Donald's still a threat, but again, going up against you know this new this new front that we have. It's, yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And then after that, we go and we have a home game against Jacksonville in the following week, which Jacksonville again with Trevor Lawrence and the new, I mean, they, they are developing weapons. They're getting guys in there. It's going to be not an, a, as easy of a game as we would have thought Jacksonville would have been a few years ago. Uh, That's a team on the rise, man. Uh, That's a team on the rise and, and he's no joke. Uh, so that's that's a really talented quarterback. Uh, and then the following week, the Tennessee's kind of a team on the decline. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so we'll see what they are at that stage in the season. Uh, but you better be ready for the, the ball to be run your way 100 times because yeah. that's what they're going to do. Yeah, King Henry And I all do day. think that Pittsburgh's run defense is going to be a lot more stout this year I will, than it was. 
previously. 100%. I will not be surprised if at this point Derrick Henry is injured. I think that Tennessee is going to overuse him with the fact I was thinking that the same thing. I'm not going to be surprised if Derrick Henry's yeah. hurt. Uh, they're going to overuse him in the first, I don't know, three, four, five, six, whatever weeks you want to look at. Um, and then you're going to have to rely on whether it's Ryan Tannehill. There's talks about them releasing Malik Willis already in his second year because of how poorly that went. Um, I tried to warn people. Whatever. You don't know what's going to happen. So Tennessee should, and it's a primetime game, which is hilarious. Um, so we'll see what happens on Thursday night against Tennessee, a short week for them. Maybe that's what they were like. We need to give Tennessee a break. They're going to have a short week and Pittsburgh's not going to be able to plan well. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, and then the following week is going to be interesting, in my opinion. Yeah. I'd love to see that matchup. What, what matchup? Against Green Bay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was just curious. I mean, we're going to see it. it. We're going to see it Sunday, Did November. It? You'd love to see it. Wow. Jordan Love uh, will be getting... <laughs> Jordan Love, the new I quarterback? I hate you sometimes. <laughs> Jordan Love will be getting his first uh, season start. You know, he's going to be playing all year now that Aaron Rodgers is in New York. Uh, he is a jet. Awkward how he's following completely in Brett Favre's footsteps. Um, but I am curious to see how this is going to play out. Green Bay, again, a team that is arguably just kind of rebuilding. Um, I don't want to say they're on the decline. I don't want to say they're on the rise. A lot of it really depends on Jordan Love's play, Uh, but we'll see what happens. We follow that week with uh, a game in Cleveland, uh, playing them for the second time in the year. So the first team we play twice in the division. Uh, Interesting to see what happens there. Again, Deshaun Watson and all the weapons that he has. We'll see what they can do. And then we play the Bengals for the first time, James. Yeah, and I got a note real quick on that that second matchup against the Browns there that we just talked about. Very interesting to see both of those games so early in the season. Because they don't think Uh, it's going to have a a matchup or any kind of implications for the division or for the playoffs, which is why we play Baltimore Week 18. But we'll get to that. (laughs) Yeah, and the Bengals, too, later in the season. They're expecting Pittsburgh to be a more valid team than the Browns this year by what you're looking at on the schedule. They're not usually it's Browns and Steelers week 18, week 17. It's always at the end of the year. They figure it's going to be a playoff spot on the line, maybe even a a possible contention for for the division. Um, Now it seems like the Bengals are going to be the favorites until somebody else shows that they can dethrone them. Uh, But with the decline of the Browns the last few years, um, they don't even want us playing them in December, man. Nope. <laughs> so I kind of find that funny. But uh, as you were alluding to, our first matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals a week later than that. It comes two-thirds of the way through the season, James, is our first matchup yeah. with Cincinnati. Which is Yeah, they're going to be on all four cylinders by then. So, um, yeah. Our secondary better be ready because this is going to be one of the most prolific passing offenses that we play the entire season. Yep. Uh, I don't think we have the Chiefs this year. So, nope. yeah, that's that's going to be one of your toughest matchups as far as passing offenses. So, thank God they went out and got a couple corners in the draft because by then they ought to be able to get a little experience under their belts uh, and hopefully slow down some of those top-notch receivers the Bengals have. Absolutely. Um, Week after that against Arizona, Arizona expected to be a team that wins maybe one or two games all year. So yep. uh, it's nice to play them after Cincinnati because I do expect that Cincinnati game to be a very tough one. Yeah, there is uh, drama so. surrounding Deshaun. Uh, or excuse me. Well, I can't think of his name right now. Well, um, oh, my gosh. The wide receiver? Or yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, the wide receiver. Yeah. Well, I can't think of his dang name right now. 
Why am I blind? Oh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. DeAndre. There is some drama uh, surrounding DeAndre Hopkins right now that may or may not keep him out of the... Uh, he, he could be gone by that point. I don't know if he gets suspended, if the team just suspends him, whatever. There's some drama there going on. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, but that could play a large factor into their win column and that game in general. Um, and and they're act- expecting uh, Kyler to not play most of the season, if at all, because of his injury from last year. Yep. Uh, so it's going to be a yeah, weird that's... year for Pittsburgh West, which is also known as Arizona. Yeah. So uh, yeah, after sorry, that, sorry, we, Mr. Connor. Yeah. After that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, we do have our fourth and final as of now, primetime game on another Thursday night in December, uh, December 7th against the New England Patriots at home. So Mac Jones and Bill Belichick come into uh, Pittsburgh. I think that'll be an easy win. Not going to lie. I sh- I'd knock on wood, but I just, I'm, just I don't ever count it an easy win against I Bill know, Belichick, but I just don't but, see him playing well this year. But what I do like about this is that it's in Pittsburgh. So the headsets are going to work. Yes. No cheating. So, no cheating, that's Bill. Great. That, that's one level of cheating that you won't have to worry about because you're in your own house. Uh, so that's not going to be an issue. So happy to see that. At least I think that puts you in a level playing field. Uh, and I think by then it's going to be difficult for Belichick to get those boys to keep up with what Pittsburgh's offense could be and what their defense could really be as I'm, well. James, I'm calling um, it now, averaging 30 points a game. <laughs> you know how many teams averaged 30 points a game last not year, Cody? like maybe two, not even. None. None. Okay. Not even fine. the Chiefs did. I want to yeah. say that we're going to have, we're going to, at this point, we'll be the team <laughs> with the most 30 point games. That's bold. It's a bold move, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag dodgeball. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Yeah. Uh, Next the- matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. Could be another uh, primetime game. a Sunday game. It says, it says to be determined on my end, but it doesn't yeah. say Sunday on yours. Yeah. Yeah. So we do not have a time yet on that one. Uh, so I don't see we'll them see. putting that on primetime because I don't see the Colts having a playoff run. <laughs> no, I don't think the Colts are going to be good enough for that to be. It's probably going to be a one o'clock kick. Uh, that's in Indy. So uh, that should get you the normal start time, a 1 p.m. game there. Uh, following up, that game will be a Saturday game on December 23rd. Uh, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals on Saturday at 4.30. Interesting choice of time. Uh, and then after that, December game, December 31st, New Year's Eve. Uh, we will be going up against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle uh, at 3 or 4.30, 4.05 in the afternoon on Fox. Uh, that should be an interesting game. I'm actually very curious how that one's going to go. They brought back Geno Smith. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's a lot of still positive things going on in Seattle that I'm curious to see what's going to happen, and uh, and then we follow that up with our last game of the year, two away games at Seattle, and then at Baltimore again, another to be determined time slot, day slot could be prime time. Uh, we will see what happens there. But James, yeah, I'm- and you just got to hope that Lamar Jackson's healthy for that game, right? No, because uh, Pittsburgh's. No, yes, yes, because Pittsburgh has a really good track record against Lamar. His backups, on the other hand, give us some problems. Uh, But Lamar nowhere near as much as far as the the large issues. So no, James, you want to know what I'm excited excited about for the last two games of the year? What's that? They're they're the two teams of a little lady who enjoys the Seattle Seahawks and Baltimore Ravens. So I'm excited to to have this rivalry start off strong. Is all I'm going to say. Oh boy. Anyways, good luck to you too. Yeah, it'll be a good time. I'm gonna talk some trash. It's okay. 
All right, let's move on. Uh, we do have some news for the for the Cleveland Browns. Again, they're just a division rival. That's why we're going to talk about it. Uh, the Browns did trade for Zadarius Smith, a three-time Pro Bowler, defensive end. Uh, in 2022, he had nine. So this last year, nine sacks, one forced fumble. Uh, did make the Pro Bowl. And then he also made the Pro Bowl back in 2020 and 2019. Um, yes. So interesting stats for him. And then, uh, James, we also know what they gave up as well. Yeah, yeah, they gave up two fifth-round picks, one in 2024, one in 2025. They're getting a sixth and seventh in return, uh, so just a pick swap, really, which means this is kind of like a salary cap dump going on there, most likely. Yeah. Because um, very minimal given up by the Browns. Uh, he is 30 years old, so <laughs> his best year is probably behind him at this point. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this is looking at it, seeing that he got into the Pro Bowl with nine sacks and one forced fumble. And uh, Alex Highsmith had, what, 15 and a half and four forced fumbles and didn't get in? So, yep. yeah, just different measuring stick getting in, in the NFC versus in the AFC these days. Apparently. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, the, o- the only benefit, I think, for him is the fact that he's going to have Miles Garrett on the opposite side. Um, I think that does bode well for him, but we'll have to wait and see what happens um, if there's any... We know, Miles, we, we've talked about this. We, <laughs> Miles is just going to take the easy matchup every I week. know, I know. I mean, but there isn't going to be one in Pittsburgh now. So Shouldn't be. He's yeah. not, not going to have an easy time against us. We'll see week two how that winds up going. Um, and then Steelers also signed a tryout running back from the, the tryouts they had. Alfonso Graham, uh, who was an HBCU player, combine player. He ran a 4 5 6 40. He's 5'9", 185 pounds. Uh, again, this Pittsburgh has an act and I mean, started it all with the HBCU combine and the HBCU, um, being present and being active in those universities, those historically black, uh, college universities. So Pittsburgh's, uh, doing like they always do. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. So Omar Khan was the only general manager from any team at the HBCU combine. Uh, and they brought six of those guys in for a tryout and, and signed one of them. So a uh, tremendous job. You like to see them really kind of searching in places that aren't as heavily scouted as normal. Uh, Pittsburgh even had a tryout in Mexico, a kicking tryout, uh, and they brought a guy to the the rookie minicamp that won that tr- that kicking tryout. Uh, so <laughs> neat to see that they're really searching far and wide. Uh, for any talent that they can find anywhere, really. Uh, and in a similar to that move, they then signed an former XFL cornerback by the name of Luke Barco. Barco. He's 6'1", 175. Uh, his rookie season was 2020, uh, so he's been out of college football for a couple of years now, uh, but got a, some experience in the um, XFL this season playing for Heinz Ward. Yeah, uh, so yeah, down here another, in San Antonio. Yeah, another outside corner type. Uh, so we'll see how he does. Hopefully he gets an opportunity to play in some preseason games. We'll get a chance to get a look at him. Yeah. Uh, staying on the defensive side of the ball, we also did invite uh, linebacker Quan Alexander uh, in for, a, I'm assuming, just like a discussion talk about potentially working. It's a visit. Visit. I'm sure they it's do a lot vi- of stuff with a visit. I wish they had yes. more more terminology there. Um, more than likely, he goes through a physical. They may do some skill tests. Um, and I'm sure a lot of it's just talking on those visits, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, he played for the minimum last year, so if you're able to get him in for that or similar, I don't see why in the world you wouldn't do it. No, uh, It's a highly athletic middle linebacker uh, who's somebody that you could put in there on passing downs. Uh, so if he's able to be signed, if he's brought onto this team, uh, then you've got somebody that's going to be a little bit more specialty to, to sit back there on your nickel and dime formations with two middle linebackers uh, back there with, with Cole Holcomb. And um, I like it, man. I like it because that was the weakness right now is that you had Elandon Roberts, who's kind of a run stuffer and thumper, Mark Robinson kind of a thumper, uh, and then Tanner Muse is a highly athletic backup linebacker, but he's a safety that converted the middle linebacker coming out of college. Uh, and honestly hasn't done anything in the NFL other than be good at special teams so far. Yeah. So you can't exactly expect him to be the guy that excels in those nickel situations. Uh, so uh, I think there would be an awesome move if they were able to bring him in, even if you're not planning on playing them all downs, just play him uh, on pass likely downs uh, until you can get something out of Mark Robinson or something develops from someone, uh, or even you hang on to him the whole season. Who knows? Uh, but I like the opportunity. I'm excited about it. And I think if they sign him, it's a great signing. Yep. Yep. He's so, only 28. Yeah, he's only 28. He's got a, a good three or four years left under his belt. If we get the best of those two or one, whatever, um, I'll happily take that before he goes on to retire. Um, and then in one final move, before we talk Ravens draft uh, here on this episode, Mason Rudolph was brought back and re-signed with Pittsburgh. I'm sure he's not happy about it. He wanted to probably get out. He realizes he's got nowhere to go right now um, as far as the he's fighting for a third-string spot when last year he yeah. thought he was going to be the starter. So <laughs> very unfortunate for his career, uh, but you know what? It, it gives us a lot of security in the quarterback position, the quarterback room, uh, whether Kenny goes down, knock on wood, whatever else could potentially happen this year. Uh, Mason Rudolph has had some starting experience also getting knocked out against the Ravens. Uh, so good job, Mason, for coming back. And uh, we'll see what you do in preseason, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a good sign for Mason. Um, he's he's experienced. He's had some success in the NFL. Uh, not enough to take a starting job anywhere. But you know what? As far as a backup quarterback, you can do a heck of a lot worse than Mason Rudolph. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. So I think this really rounds out that quarterback room well, and now you don't worry about it. Uh, going into the preseason, you were probably kind of worried who in the heck is going to be the number three quarterback, what happens if somebody goes down. Um, now you're not so concerned about it because you got a pretty deep room. So um, that takes all the pressure off of Tanner Morgan to be some superstar. Now, if he doesn't look that great, you can stash him on the practice squad and then try to develop him from there. Yeah, so now it's time to talk draft, James. We're going to talk over to the Baltimore Ratbirds, I mean Ravens. Uh, we're going to discuss their draft, see how it went. And uh, we'll start it off right here with round one, pick number 22 overall. Uh, they went wide receiver. They went with a target for uh, Lamar Jackson now that they brought him back, Zay Flowers. Um, Zay Flowers is probably going to be the most talented guy that he's played with at this point, in my, in my opinion. The guy averaged 42.9 yards after catch last season. Uh, which was drastic per game. No yards after catch 42.9. Oh, per game. Yes. Per game. 
Not I was going to say per, not per, per catch. catch would be pretty impressive. That'd be he caught the ball. At, you, he caught the ball at the line of scrimmage and just ran every time. Basically, took it to the house on every catch. Yeah, uh, but no, he's got the ability to do that. This is a player very similar to Hollywood Brown yep. uh, that the uh, Ravens traded away for. What did they get? Like a first round pick or something for him? I think they got some pretty good compensation yeah, for him when for they sure. traded him away. Um, but Zay Flowers, a smaller guy, he's like 5'9", 5'10", 182 pounds, 4'4", 240-yard dash, so he is a quicker dude. Yep. Uh, so he might possess some issues as far as matchups, but he's not a 4'3 guy. So I think a lot of Pittsburgh's corners ought to be able to run with him. At least some of them should be able to run with him anyway. I don't know sure. about all of them. Maybe not Levi Wallace. Maybe no. not Patrick Peterson at 33 years old. But no. uh I think Joey Porter would probably be able to run with him just fine. So yep. um, he's going to be an exciting player for Baltimore. Uh, and I think that was a, a pretty good pick because this year's draft class, as far as wide receivers, it was a lot of small, quick dudes. And some of the small dudes weren't even quick. Uh, so this was a good move for them because Lamar just needed some weapons, man. It's basically been him, tight ends, and running backs, and no receivers his entire career. <laughs> so and, uh, yeah, they needed and, to get and, him some and weapons, he, and now he's got Odell too, right? So Odell, he's got he still has yeah. the tight end Mark Andrews, which is phenomenal tight yep. end, um, and Bateman. Yep. So this this team is in in all honesty, I think one of the this team could very easily rival Cincinnati with the number one threat in the division. Um, in my opinion, depending on how well they, they play and, and move together. Because, I mean, even when we look at the next draft pick, James, it, it, they didn't draft again until the third round at number 86 yeah. was a guy that we wanted to draft for Pittsburgh, uh, Trenton Simpson, linebacker out of Clemson. This was a guy that me and you were very, very high on in the draft. If Pittsburgh got a chance to get him, that would have been amazing. I think they drafted him two picks before us or something stupid. And I was like, oh, dang. Um, but yeah. this, this is one of 11 guys last year in, in uh, college football that's had at least 200 snaps at inside linebacker, 200 snaps at outside linebacker, and 100 snaps at cornerback. James, cornerback. <laughs> uh, now, again, he was probably playing cornerback in a position against a tight end or a slower guy, whatever. He wasn't going up against, you know, Zay Flowers or anything. But again, this is a highly athletic player. Um, and with they already have Patrick Queen at, at middle linebacker. This is a guy that could really, really solidify their interior defense. I mean, we, ha we probably haven't seen a defensive... Uh, linebacker crew like this with the Ravens since they had Ray Lewis and Terrell sucks. So yeah, this is probably yeah. easily the best linebacking crew they've had now just with the addition of Trenton Simpson. Yeah. And it seems as though this is a move to replace Patrick queen long term and because more they, than likely. they just, yeah, they just decided to not do the fifth year option on Patrick queen. Yep. Uh, and they traded for Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith had himself one hell of a year last year. Uh, so you feel like this is probably going to be a running mate for Roquan Smith. Uh, and as long as he doesn't have to get forced onto the field right away, give him some time to learn. Uh, it, it's a high ceiling guy. Very high ceiling. Th that athleticism, that size, uh, he could make some big splashes, uh, but he's not like super polished. As you were reading about all the different positions that he played, that means he never got a chance to really master the linebacker position, which is exactly why he lasted into the third round. Because uh, honestly, if he was a more polished guy, he would have gone in the middle or upper first round because uh, his athleticism and size is exactly what you're looking for. Uh, so I think that was a really solid pick for them. Uh, it's at least a high ceiling kind of guy. We'll see what he ends up being. Uh, but day one, he should be a stud on special teams on kick coverage. Yeah. Yeah. James, want to go over the number uh, 124th overall guy, round four? 
Yeah, so they went with an edge player from Ole Miss, Tavis Robinson. Uh, honestly, not somebody that came across my radar much in the pre-draft process at all. Uh, so I don't have a ton on him as far as his college production or any of that. Uh, but uh, edge player, I think he's going to be more of a depth than anything else because they have some starters already entrenched there. Yeah, and I'm just looking to see if anything goes on here. Um, he started all 13 games his senior year. He finished the season with 44 total tackles uh, and eight tackles for loss. He tallied seven sacks and five forced fumbles. Uh, so interesting there. He he looks like he's a guy that can get some speed off the edge. He's, he's 6'6", 265. Uh, so a big boy. Going to really potentially, depending on his strength and everything else, could really make uh, – make us have to double team him or something off the edge, depending I'm not on the left side to clarify uh, <laughs> by any means, <Yeah. laughs> but we'll see what happens with that moving forward. And again, we don't even know if he's going to start or get how much playing time he's going to get uh, this year with the Ravens. And then fifth round number 157 overall, they drafted a cornerback out of Stanford, Kai blue Kelly, uh, excuse me, Caillou blue Kelly. The Ravens wait until the fifth round to address their most glaring need which I think is hilarious drafting a cornerback. Uh, again, he's probably going to start opposite of Marlon Humphrey. Uh, other than that, the guy allowed 12 completions on 31 targets last season, uh, which was second best among his Pac-12 division. So uh, his, his, yeah. father, his father played for the Bucs, so, and won a, I believe won a Super Bowl with them as well. Yeah, good tape on Caillou Blue Kelly. Uh, when he came to the combine, it was kind of pedestrian. I want to say he was like a four-five-three guy. Uh, none of his numbers really jumped out as super impressive. None of them were bad, just kind of middle-of-the-road type thing. Uh, but he does seem to be somebody who could be a competent starter for you. So uh, I think that's a good selection as far as quality of player. Uh, not a high ceiling, I don't think, on this guy. No. Uh, but I think it's at least a moderately high floor. So I think your floor is somebody that could be a competent starter or number two corner. Solid. Uh, round six, James. Yeah, they went with a big boy on the offensive tackle. Uh, anytime you see a name like this, I cringe because I know I'm going to butcher it. Uh, <laughs> but Mara Esala Amurave Laulu. With the Oregon. Mala Esala. Mala Esala. Amurave. Laulu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Islander of some sort, I'm sure, which means big boy uh, in in the sixth round. This is not anyone that they're expecting to have to start. This is going to be a depth guy. Uh, so um, we'll see what happens. What there. you would expect. I think the, the last pick is really the one uh, that I thought was a really nice pick on their part. Uh, when you get into the seventh round, you, you get guys that necessarily don't even make the team. Uh, they were with Andrew Voorhees, which you heard about us talk about him in the pre-draft process, how he uh, tore his knee in the combine. And it wasn't just his ACL. Apparently, he tore like two or three ligaments in there. That doesn't surprise uh, me. So, or no, I'm sorry. He tore everything but the ACL. So, like, he sort of tore the MCL, PCL, MCL? the PCL, oh like everything. Gosh. Everything but the ACL. So, he's expected to be out for like two years recovering from That's this. That's crazy. Uh, but if he does fully recover, you've got yourself a really good guard that was expected to go in the second round. And, uh, and they so, did trade with the Browns for this pick to pick him, too. Yeah. Uh, they actually traded away a 2024 sixth round pick to Cleveland to get him in the seventh. 
Uh, so that shows smart how much move. they a very smart move. I mean, even if he can come back next year, which I don't, I would like not rush it, but if he comes back in two years, you're still going to get a day one starter more than likely. And he, he recorded 38 freaking reps on the bench in the combine with one leg. He did that after he tore his leg up. Yep. He couldn't plant both legs on the ground and, and he it, outbenched everyone. If you haven't benched, you don't understand how <laughs> impressive that is. Like yeah. when you bench, oftentimes you're using those legs to drive through. Yes. You drive with your legs. You plant your legs into the ground and you drive with. He could only put one leg on the ground because the other one was braced from basically hip to ankle. It was almost perfectly straight. Like just 100% arms and chest the whole way through. And he was just popping them out like there was no weight on the bar at all. It was extremely impressive. So he's a very strong individual, uh, a good quality guard. Uh, if he's able to recover all the way to full strength, it won't be this upcoming season. It'll be the season after, which is exactly when Kevin Zeitler, their starting right guards contract is up. Yeah. Uh, so look for that to go hand in hand. If he's able to fully recover from that, then they'll move on from Zeitler and start Voorhees and, and he'll be a nightmare for the Steelers defensive lineman. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So very curious to see what happens there. Pittsburgh's going to have to draft line uh, defensive lineman here in the next few years as you know, Cam Hayward gets older and, Stuff like that. So we'll see what moves what moves Pittsburgh makes in the future. Who knows what they do in free agency now that they've been. I mean, this was the most active we've been in free agency in a long time. Uh, so yeah. o- Omar Khan yeah. didn't sit back and, and wait to see what happened. He went out there. He was aggressive all offseason. And I don't expect that to be done. Uh, there's there's chances of other moves. Again, even when we see the bye week, if there's a glaring hole on the defense or offensive side of the ball, uh, there's chances of trades happening. So again, we can't thank you guys enough for listening and being part of the show and uh, just following us. We thank you guys so much. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. And don't forget those five-star reviews. We'll give you a shout out on the pod. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.